This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mr. On Special off-day podcast, the Patriots All-Decade Team. You saw this, or you can go see it on WEI.com. Andy and I spent uh, a good chunk of time going through the rosters and debating who deserves a spot on this team. Wasn't as hard as I thought it would be, actually. <laughs> It really was. <laughs> uh, some of them are very obvious, and you know some of the names that people would think of. There's a few positions where you could debate. And I think the the biggest debate, and we talked about this when we teased it last time, was sort of figuring out what you were going to make the team in terms of personnel. Like if you're going to have a three-four defense or right. four-three, how and many especially wide receivers? offensively, like are you going to acknowledge every position or just do an eleven-man? lineup personnel and that's what group. we did we went with 11 people there's 11 people on offense 11 people on defense and three special teamers correct correct well, we probably should have had a returner but eh, hindsight whatever it's okay well somebody will do it julian edelman was a possibility whoa 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 how do we know he's on the team jesus don't tease right, sorry go position by position here sorry okay start with quarterback i went Jimmy garoppolo, garoppolo. <laughs> uh, no, no we went thomas edward uh, uh, really no discussion there I think the only other possibilities were Garoppolo and Brissette. There was no, because even, even if you wanted to do a too deep, as they say, and do a backup quarterback, it's Garoppolo, right? Yeah. Is anybody arguing Brissette? No. Or Hoyer or? No. No. Mallet? Anybody? Ryan Mallet? No. no. So, okay. That was easy. Yes, Tom Brady, he deserved it. All decade. Greatest player next. of all time. Running back or are you going to go O-line? Uh, let's go running back. See, because I think here is where you could get into, certainly my guy got screwed, James Devlin. He did. I There's no say, fullback. Right. Uh, he could have been on the team. You could argue that um, LeGarrette Blunt, Stephen Ridley types get screwed because we didn't go with a traditional Running ball back. carrier. We went with James White. But he's made the most plays for that position over the course of this decade. Yes, I think he is the clear passing back option. Even if you went a traditional back, a ball right. carrier, and a passing back, he would have been the passing back. And I think in our 11-man uh, lineup, not doing substitutions or whatever you want to call it. He is the best all-around back, extended period of time. And he's made the biggest plays. Sure, sure. Like, you don't win the Super Bowls without James White. Right. But, I mean, you could argue you don't win a Super Bowl without Sony Michelle, maybe. And he's a That's traditional ball carrier. Though. Right. No, I, I. if you're going to pick one running back the way we did it, I don't really think there's a strong argument for anybody. McGarrett Blunt could have been... 
Yeah, I mean, I said Blonde, Ben Jarvis, Greenella, Stephen Ridley, if you were looking for traditional ball carriers. Shane Vereen was sort of white before white, but not right. on the same level. Um, and left after his rookie contract, whereas yep. white is still around, so there's an extended period of time. White is adding right up till the final, what, what, what Sunday's date, the 29th? Something like that. So he's getting right up to the last weekend. He's adding to his resume of dominance for the decade. He's also a captain. I don't know how much weight you put into that. Nah. No. What do I care? I mean, yeah, it's great. It means Belichick sure. respects him, and right. Belichick claims the players vote for it, so that would theoretically say the players respect him. Um, I don't know how they come about with their captains. We've had some players kind of say, Belichick made me a captain right, right away. Uh, but, no, I I think it's an easy pick, James White, and I don't really think there's a strong argument for anything else other than James Devlin as a fullback. Okay, where, are we, going? where are we going next? The O-line, you want to go receivers? Well, let's, uh, see, let's get this one out of the way. Tight end. Rob Gronkowski. Hernandez. A what? <laughs> Not Hernandez? <laughs> no, sorry. He, uh, he missed the cut. Yeah, Gronk dominated the decade. I mean, Gronk would have been... Similar to Tom Brady. The all... If you did this for the NFL, it probably would have been Rob Gronkowski. No not question. just for the Patriots. No question. I mean, he made... How many tight ends did they have on the all top 100? Five? five I was going to say five. Yeah, so he's one of the five greatest tight ends in the history of the game. And it's not that tough a stretch to make him the tight end of the decade when he played basically the, the whole decade. decade. So, Except minus one year. Yeah, I mean, you could argue he, no, you can't. All right, that second was, to Brady, he's the easiest pick. No question. I think that's what I wrote in the little slider. Second to Brady, this was the easiest. No one cares what you wrote in the slider. This is just a visual. Just click through all twenty-five times. We need the clicks. Thank you. <laughs> oh, actually, you don't have to. If you just sit there, no, it does it, it on its it own. It auto does on its, it's own. It's actually quite comforting. Grab yeah, so yourself you, an eggnog. Sit back, relax, and read it. Yeah, it only takes a couple minutes here. Right. Uh, so now, where do you want to go? The wide receivers or the O line? Let's go the O line. Going kind of fast here. How long is this podcast going to be? I don't know, 20 or so minutes. Did you have a coach on the team? You should have had a coach. That would have been easy, too. Assistant coaches. That probably would have been easy, too. Jesus. It's, it's easy fault. with you. It's our fault everybody stayed for we so long. We should have done uh, the 45th player. That would have been harder. That actually would have been a good one. <laughs> uh, left tackle. We uh, had Nate Solder. Yeah, I mean. That was another one that was sort of not that difficult. Is he the best player? I don't know. I think no. you could argue that Trent Brown maybe had the best individual season. But Probably. for the time frame, and Matt Light had one. He was year? very early. Yeah. I think one. So Matt Light was done. I mean, Matt Light is the team of the decade prior. Right. And Solder had the longevity. And I mean, it's not like he was a bum. He had, I would say, mixed in some Pro Bowl caliber seasons. He was a. Left as a $60 million free agent. Right. Whether you think they overpaid for him or not. He was a high end left tackle, better than Ooh. what you have right now. And he got. He was worth the draft pick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got an extended period of time. He, he re-signed, right? Yeah. So you had an extended period of run as a first-round uh, left tackle. He was Tom another Brady's guy you really side. didn't have to worry about. Now, he wasn't great. I mean, there were times where he struggled and needed help from Gronk. Or he was above average. Back. Oh, definitely above average. Right. But I would not say he's an all-pro caliber left tackle. I'd no. say a borderline Pro Bowl left tackle. Right, which is would, very good for what left tackles are in the league, as the Patriots have saw this year. Right, and he was the part of some good offensive lines. I would say during his tenure, I don't think the offensive line was ever even close to as big a question mark as it was this year. Correct. So they were good enough to get along with Brady. The you know There were times where Brady got rid of it quickly to help them out. Right. There were times where Gronk helped or so-and-so helped. But they were never just a, a train wreck or struggling or a like reason. Like it's been at some points this year. Right. So, that was a good one. What else you got? Left guard. Oh, we're going left to right across your radio dial. Huh? Yes. Not where do you think we're going to go? 
I didn't know if you'd go left tackle, right tackle, and move your no, way in. Okay. I'm just going across the line. Left guard, uh, Logan Mankins. That was Stunning. sort of an easy one. Who I mean, else you want to put? Joe Tooney. No. I know. I'm just saying. Joe Tooney may get paid after this year. Right. And is a solid player. But they've had the same, I think, time of the decade. I don't care about the time. Who was better? No, Logan Mangus. He's, he's, he's a borderline Pro Football Hall of Famer. Correct. Dominant, all pro. I would say I also gave him credit for his leadership. Yep. And he was, strangely, because I don't think it was anything near his personality, was also sort of a spokesman for a while there with a guy that everybody would go talk to, even though he didn't really have anything he Same. wanted to say. He wasn't looking. I mean, you look at him visually, that's who he is. Jeans, cowboy boots, comes no. from Fresno. Farm. Why hasn't the offensive line had that guy lately? Because I don't – It A, there's nobody who's that good with that good a personality kind of marrying it together. You just said Megas not had a personality. But he was a stand-up. I also think there's not a lot of guys that he, – he's one of the more unique. When Matt Light got beat by Jason Taylor, Matt Light disappeared. When the offensive line got their ass whooped, Logan Mankin stood in front of his locker and said why they got so their ass whooped. So he was Mr. Whooped. Accountability. Mr. Accountability, stand-up dude, and I give him credit for that even though it doesn't really matter to a hill of beans. So he was that team's like Matthew Slater in a way? Um. Yeah, but more a bigger name relevant, just yeah. because you know most times when the Patriots lose, it's the offensive line got their ass whooped or there were struggles, nice. pressure, and he was part of that, but would always be there to answer any question. I would put him. I've said this to you, sort of like Deron Harmon. You can talk to Deron Harmon about anything after a game, good, yep. bad, how well you guys played. You know he doesn't poo poo that, just like he's not going to poo poo when they give up a big play. Right. Logan Mankins was the same way. You could talk about. Wow, you guys really flipped a switch and ran it for 220 today yep. and how'd that go? And he wouldn't just dismiss it, and he also wouldn't dismiss uh, Brady was games. sacked five times today. What happened? Right. He would give you that. So We like those kind of guys. And an, a tone setter in terms of, you know, punch a guy literally in the say, testicles yes. when he needed to. And play through a lot of injuries. Gonna Correct. Cut that ACL, in too. everything. Yeah, if you had an offensive line captain of the all-decade team, He'd my be, vote would go to Logan. Me Mankins. as well. Center. Uh, David Anderson. Another one that was sort of not that Yeah, difficult. I mean, you had the other, um, like the Ryan Wendell era. Dan Copen was early in finishing up right. for a couple of years. Dan Copen, probably the best player yeah, of the group. Yeah, we're not saying another one. Andrews isn't the best player. Right. He's good. He's another but one. But yeah. he gets the longevity sort of. Well, I think his, of his um, ability is being, getting more. Magnified? Po- yeah, this year. Yeah, thank you. Ryan was moving his hand like he was searching for the word. Word, yeah. Actual writer. Uh, yeah. What's the word? It's uh, magnified. It's Christmas time. That was like doing a show with Mutt. <laughs> when he just looks over and you're like, he can't find the word he wants. Yeah. Conspiracy theory is the word he struggled for about 10 minutes one show. Interesting. Side topic. Uh, David Andrews, good, solid player. Yep. Uh, came from undrafted to good value captain. Undrafted. Now we'll see where his career goes in the next decade. Obviously the health injuries, the right. blood clots, the lungs, the issue he had with... Uh, Altitude sickness out in Denver, which I still think has to have some tie-in to either how he's built in terms of his lungs or long-term effects. No, I don't know. This is sort of an off-topic thing. Why wasn't this discovered like in the pre-draft medical visits and all that stuff? Combine? Yeah. Did he go to the combine? Maybe that's it. I don't think so. Because if he didn't go to the combine... He didn't go through all that... My guess is... He didn't get quite that. He got, he got tested probably on visits, but not right, like but the, not the complete rundown. to the degree yeah. where they find these little minor heart murmurs or right. like the the real eight hour trip to a hospital where you get everything poked and prodded and right. measured. And that's an interesting question. We probably should know the answer to that. Did he go to the combine? I don't think he did. Why would we need to know the answer to that? Cover the Patriots. That He's was a, a long captain. time ago. It's a story. 
I'll ask him today in the locker room. Okay, good luck with that. <laughs> okay, right guard. That was another one. Sort of not that tough. Yeah, because it's Shaq Mason. He's A, well, I don't know if he's the best, because Stephen Neal finished in the early 2010s. Right. I think Neal was a better player. Um, I was a big Stephen Neal fan. I don't think he ever but got Mason's the credit. Another, he's won two roles. He's been a dependable right guard. He's been there for all the games. Resigned. He's, he's, he's got the gone. longevity. Right. So, I mean, you could argue this is one of his worst years, and that's probably playing a role in the line as a whole. Right. Struggling. Could say he's hurt, too. Yes, he's definitely battled some injuries, some of which I think have been on the injury report and some of which I don't think have. Most of them haven't. Right. So, yeah, I give him credit for that. He's a very good player, run player who yep. developed into a good, pass good enough blocker. pass blocker yep. in the National Football Another League. So, just solid guy to have. Can pull, can do various things. Now, I don't think he has the Mankins-like leadership qualities. Nope. He doesn't okay, want to be the yeah. spokesman. He right. doesn't want to be out front. Right. Um, I think he just wants to do his job, work hard, go home. He's another guy, but I think he could make a case that he's one of the five best linemen of the decade, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I think he very much deserves to be on this team. Now, if it were a five-year Shaq Mason versus a five-year Stephen Neal, I personally would go five-year Stephen Neal. I think, on the whole, Stephen Neal was a better all-around player. Dealt with injuries at times that derailed him. And maybe right. I'm a sucker for the story, the idea that he came from nowhere as a wrestler to become a football player, right. become really good, athletic. That's where they're probably similar is they're big athletic men. Right. Now, Stephen Neal probably more athletic, some of the things he could do physically. But, yeah, Logan Mankin, Shaq Mason. That's a good solid set of guards wrapped around David Andrews. Right tackle was a little bit of a bait, kind of. Not for me. Sebastian Vollmer. Yeah. All I mean, pro right tackle, but you could make a, you could make a legitimate argument for Marcus Cannon over some of these other players going up against like the Masons and the Mankins. Um, yes, Cannon's won Super Bowls. I don't care. I'm just saying. So Matt Chatham should be on the All Decade team. No, like what are we doing? A, here? He was the starting right tackle for multiple Super Bowl wins. Okay, that's so good. you think Sebastian Vollmer doesn't deserve? deserve no, to be on I'm here? just saying there was more of a discussion than some of the other. Positions. So you think he's closer than? Yes. Okay, I guess I could give you that. I would put that more in the Tooney to Mankins category. I think Marcus Cannon's a solid player. Yep. I don't think he can hold Sebastian Vollmer's jock. I think when they're both healthy and playing, Sebastian Vollmer is a big, athletic, long, can do anything he wants. I think Cannon's a good player who had really one good year, which happened to coincide with being a contract year, which some of us may think may not be a coincidence. But, hey, it's a different topic for a different day. Yes. Sebastian Vollmer, to me, is a stud right tackle. Wide receivers. Okay. This, is, this was a debate because we went because with three. Because you picked the white team. <laughs> yes, we, we, we did. There's a lot of white guys lining up at receiver. we got three slot receivers, which I always we ask. Do. How can you have a slot if you don't have an outside guy? All right, the first one, Julian Edelman. That was Julian Edelman, you, get, you, you actually labeled them. You, yes. You decided we had to label them number one receiver, number two receiver, number three receiver. Uh, you yes. labeled Julian Edelman the number one receiver of the decade. Yes, I did. And I didn't fight back. I think it's accurate. Yeah, he won two MVPs. Because it's the longevity, made, yeah. the bulk of his of the decade, Now, if he we're getting into the, into the Welker, well, number two on the list, Wes Welker. Yes. If we're getting into that debate as an overall best player, I'm probably going Welker. Well, but yes, BZ, the problem is that's 07. Right. The window. No, right, that's what I'm saying. The window of their dominance right. there. Yeah. Edelman it's, was more yeah, of this similar. decade, yes. That's sort of like my um, Stephen Neal thing. If right. you asked me, if they equaled in the decade, if they both had five years, you know, first five was Edelman. I mean, first five was Welker, next five was Edelman. I would probably go with Welker. Yep. Now, I know a lot of people wouldn't because of 
the postseason and the contributions and the big plays and the winning and the comebacks and all that stuff. And that's a fair argument to be made. I think if you're actually going to value some of that stuff, you can make a strong argument for our number three receiver, who is? Danny Amendola. Big balls. Yes. Guy came up big. His numbers were never going to approach Welker or even Edelman. But just his but ability to make big catches of big games cannot balls. be. Big old brass balls. You can go down the list. The AFC title game against the Jaguars, huge catch there. Yep. Um, Ravens. That Ravens game. Huge Just there. endless. His first game as a Patriot, the at Buffalo, yep. where he like tore his groin. I remember he made a catch just like bouncing through the air and then it had to be managed for like a month and a half because he had a torn groin. But Tough. in the game itself, it was on the line. Every Danny third, Amendola most can third play. down plays, Brady was always looking his way too. I actually think, because everybody compares Welker and Edelman, yep. and they give Edelman the clutchness, whatever, yep. nod. I think the most clutch of the three was Amendola. You could, you you're not going to get the 110 catches out right. of him that you're going to get out of the other two. But if you just tell me, like he made his four for 52 count. Right. If it's January 26th and they're playing a game and I need a clutch receiver, you can make an argument that Amendola could be one on that list, not three. Because Amendola makes the catches. Yes. No. Does doesn't drop them like Edelman or right. Welker for that matter. Right. He probably does, but right. We go um, over those. The guy too. that. People are going to say, why didn't you have him on this, Randy Moss? He wasn't. Um, he was barely here in this decade. Right. Again, this isn't the best of the dynasty over the last 20 years. Right. Yes, if you if you, if this were 20 years, Randy Moss is the number one receiver. Right. Without a doubt. But we this was the time frame. And but he played 7, 8, 9, and yep. 10 was just about over. Right. So no. he really wasn't even He was kind of a douche discussion. at that point. Yeah. He was kind of a If you're looking at the Randy Moss negative. career. Yeah. Right. The Pied Piper. They Any didn't other guys that you had listed that we didn't include? Uh, no. Yeah. I thought that was the easiest, in some ways, the easiest position. But just if it came down to how many position, how many receivers you actually had. Right. And then Amendola would have gotten bumped out right. for another running back or another tight end. Or, or fullback like James Devlin. If you could take Hernandez or Amendola, who would you take? Amendola. Didn't the murder thing bother you? No, I just think he would like... Oh, the murder thing doesn't bother you. Well, for, it bothers me. <laughs> in terms of I'm the just team. checking to see if you're Rich Keefe or not, if it's all talent and screw the off-field In issues. terms of the team, no, and it, but like Amendola was made more clutch plays. Okay, yeah. So I think he had major drops, Hernandez. I thought he was soft as goo until I found I out so, he was a murderer. I did too. That was, I mean, that was before my time I mean, covering the, the team. But like he, the Super Bowl forty, what is that six? Indy, yeah. The where they get the ball back and they're trying to start a drive and he crosses the middle of the field and he just dropped the ball. He was an absolute. He seemed like a guy too that didn't like contact. He did even, not even, like contact. Even when he was, but like, I also think the spot at times affected him. Yeah, and I think that was the case of the spot affecting him. He had. Overrated drops, and he wasn't really a tight end. He was a slot receiver. Right. So, really, he should have been on the other list if we were debating. It would be Amendola or him as, like, the slot receiver. All right. Defensive side of the ball. Um, okay, defense, this, this baby. This was sort of another thing where we went with the, the way that we went on defense to determine who made the team. Well, that's a little also the way they've played it. Right. I mean, over the years, between 3-4, 4-3, the post-strike where they went to 4-3 and used that, like, so – I think that's okay to do. That's what they do. So, as a true defensive tackle, Vince Wilfork. Yes. Not really hard. He, no. needed, he needed a spot in this team. Yes, because he played long enough. That That's the only thing would be is if he were one of those guys that didn't. But he, but he played till 14. Right. So, you're almost half the decade. And he was another right. guy, leader of the team. Was Yep. Spoke after. He sometimes disappeared after 
some tough losses. Oh, yeah. There were times where he had a little Matt Light to him, less than not as much Logan Mankins. Yeah, but still. For the most part, he was a leader, a talker, he was a spokesman. He was a very good leader. Yes. Captain and great athlete, underrated athlete, physical. Very underrated for his Dominant sense. interior force, but yep. would make some wow plays as a pass rusher or yep. the you know the occasional interception and some of the other things he would do, chase a guy down. Yep. Um, I think this team would love to have him right now in the middle of their game. Absolutely. Well, not, not the way he the, is now. Right. Now he's what? The spokesman for Kingsford or whatever that is? The yeah. charcoal company? He walks around with no uh, clothes under his overalls. <laughs> um, defensive ends. We went with two. Wait, we only had one defensive tackle? Yes. So who got screwed? Not real long. Like Lawrence Guy was in the mix. Like who else did you have written down? Lawrence Guy, Alan Branch, Malcolm Brown. Really the only guy I would argue for with any passion would be Lawrence Guy. And I think if he, he's, it's the long, that's the time, like he didn't have. Three the, years? Right. Right? Yeah. If he had five. So Vince had five. Right. Right. Zero, one, two, three, four. Right. So if he had more. And yeah, they, three years, I guess, is tough. But to me, he's maximized his three years. Yeah. Versatile, underrated. He's a guy that. I thought he was the MVP of the defense last, or two years ago, last year. Last year. Yeah. yeah, last year. Yeah, he's a good guy to have. I think he's made a and I think a unique um, personality. Yeah, good, but he's leader. A good guy to have. Yeah, you know, you get a lot of young guys around him. I think he does a decent job leading by being example. the elder guy. Yeah, he's had some issues he may have had to deal with. I don't know exactly how he felt or thought about, say, Michael Bennett coming through. I would agree, and how that played out. Yep. Um, so I think Lawrence guy. He doesn't make the team, but he gets honorable honorable mention. mention. Defensive ends we had Chandler Jones and Trey Flowers. Two different guys, I guess you could say, where yeah. Flowers was more of the do it the Patriot way, so yes. to speak. Whereas well, Chandler he was also Jones, the poster boy for, oh, sacks don't matter. He's just right. doing the dirty work, and it's pressures, and it's moving inside, and versatility, setting the edge, all that. Right. Whereas Chandler Jones here was a little dirty work, but was really a pass rusher, he, and has obviously gone on to right. just be the pass could, rusher. That's what his What's best, he up to, 19 sacks a this year or something like that? Yeah. I mean, pushing 20 sacks. Doesn't like me, but that's a different topic. He doesn't like a lot of people. That's true. Very sensitive. That was one of the original issues why he didn't like me is because he came on our podcast back at Patriots.com and joked about having 19 or 20 sacks and breaking the sack record, and people tweeted and blogged about it, and he blamed it on me for some reason. Interesting. Yeah. Baby. Was it just you who- Way to take accountability, just Chandler. Just you on the podcast? No, it was all of us, but oh. for some reason he, he just chose blamed you. it on me. Okay. And still thinks I'm an a-hole. Has told fans in Arizona that are Patriots fans that brought- up things all oh, that Andy Hart he's still an a-hole I hate him or whatever interesting glad he's moved on by the way a lot There's of these a lot guys of sensey bitches in these say, locker a, lot, rooms. a lot of these guys don't move on um next we go to wait wait, wait, wait. Trey what? Flowers oh Trey Flowers the anti I would say Chandler Jones yep more uh hard work little Kevin Garnett maybe grit and balls yep. and just do his job doesn't really say much but we'll talk that talks a lot we'll never hide right never hide but he's sort of in that James White also category. Also interrupts you when you're asking questions. He goes, yep, yep, yep. Remember him when he used to do yeah. Dale and Keith and oh, like yeah. they'd be asking questions? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, um, very nice guy. Sort, tremendous. Sort of in the nice James guy. White category. On the field, off the field. Um, great, great guy. Leadership, just charitable. Just in an interview. Just Not great. Not great. The Patriot way. But you can get him to talk if you... If you one on one, and you kind of push him in the right direction. He'll admit. He'll, he'll agree with. There'll you. be some honesty. Yes. Little little hair of honesty, but um, also nice story of sort of like Chandler Jones' first round pick. Right. 
Trey Flowers' fourth round pick. But kind of made himself. Yeah, he earned built, that. I mean, he earned that contract. Built himself into a ninety million. I mean, both of them, right? Got basically ninety million, eighty yep. to ninety million. Where you can argue Flowers is more of hard work as opposed to Chandler. I think Chandler's more, more naturally work. gifted. Correct. Just long edge guy. I mean, look at his family. Right. They're all football players or world champion UFC, UFC dudes. I mean, there's some pretty good genetics there. Uh, linebacker, we had. Well, inside or outside? Start inside. Inside, I think it's kind of a layup. Yes, it Two is. guys we see now. One coaching, one playing. Gerard Mayo. Gerard Mayo, first-round pick. I mean, we talk about this. His career, unfortunately, got derailed by a couple Injuries. IR seasons at yep. the end. Um, but if you remember, Bill Polian called him the heir to Ray Lewis in the AFC. Just look at the number of tackles he made right. some of these seasons when he was healthy. Now, I sort of argued he didn't always make a lot of plays. It was tackles, right. tackle, accumulator. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, there's, but there's, not there's also of, a place for that. There's not a lot of, you know— Plays you can point to like, oh, that was Gerard right. Mayo's best play. Right. He was just a steady, salt, great middle linebacker that made a ton of tackles. Right. And, I, you know, for a while there was the whole idea Bill couldn't draft a linebacker, couldn't mm-hmm. find a linebacker, then took him at 10. They traded down a couple times to get him. But basically it was, it was a little bit like Richard Seymour yep. where this is a guy we know is good. We're going to take him, and he's going to be a centerpiece baseline core of our defense for a while and that's what Seymour was right and they may not have been flashy in different ways but your defense was a lot better because they were on your defense they were on your field obviously a smart guy now uh, linebackers coach potential quasi defensive coordinator slash head coach I firmly believe he'll be a head coach I do too he kind of has a good one he has that he has it whatever it is he's got it it seems I'm not gonna compare him to Brian Flores but sort of that same mentality I would say even more it I would too but like he's a he has the kind of thing that I would think somebody like I don't know Adam Gase could use. Like he's a Adam Gase does not have it. No, but like the the Flores and and Mayo they're players coaches, but they're not afraid to get out, right. get on a guy. And I think their players like have that. respect for him. They're not just a players coach like they're going to push him around. Right. He's a players coach that well he played obviously. Right. Flores played in college. But like, um, but they they're respected. Right. I don't know that they're feared like a Belichick no. is, but respected. Right. And I think. As long as you have that, at least the respect of your That's players, I think you'll be okay. Yeah, I think Gerard Mayo is going to be a very good head coach wherever he goes. Maybe it's college. I don't know. I think right. he could have that personality. True. I've heard people throw out the idea of going back to Tennessee and trying to turn that program around. Possible. Like, I don't know if that's his thing. The recruiting thing is a wrinkle in the whole college. Right. Um, and then Dante Hightower is obviously – Made a lot of big plays in Super Bowls. Yeah, he's had he's his had share the, of injuries. He's had basically the entire decade to himself at, at that position. Right. and he's good. When he's out there and healthy yes. and trying, because I do think sometimes he might go down a little bit of load management road. Yeah, I think over the course of his career he's realized that he's better off preserving himself for the playoffs and in the end of the season. They and it's worked. Agree. Right. I mean, you, we see it every January and February. He's making big plays, key plays for them. Um, last year I thought was the perfect example. I thought he sort of – Tiptoed through at times. Well, because that was the first year in a long time they actually played the right. majority of the games. But, you know, early in the year I thought it was like, oh, he's kind of not shying away from contact, but just making business decisions, as Bill said. Right. Um, and it worked. It worked. And uh, it's good for the defense. Outside linebacker, we went with Rob Ninkovich. Yes. A solid Patriot player, the Patriot way, did Tremendous everything the story. right way. Another guy. The guy who arrived as, hey, he kind of looks like Vrabel. Is he a long snapper? Because he was basically becoming a long snapper. With New Orleans, His right? career was over yep. in terms of defense. He had bounced between New Orleans and Miami back and forth a couple right. times down there. And then he arrives here, and it's like, oh, yeah, he looks like Vrabel, but 
Are you just going to assume he's Mike Vrabel? He's, he's a guy that aren't... had become an all-pro linebacker. Now we're saying this jag right. off the street in the middle yes. of camp because it was. It was like a mid-August type random signing, and then fast forward a year or two, and it's like, huh, this guy's kind of good. Kind of can play defensive end. Kind of yep. can play outside linebacker. Seems to make plays in important times and when the game's on the line. He's another guy, kind of clutch. Made those <coughs> plays. Could do a lot of different things. Could line. Yeah. Could Drop and pick off a pass exactly. or line strip up. sack, force right. a fumble. Um, I think was pretty damn good at what they want. That whole set the edge. You know, be accountable yep. on the edge. Not never be behind the quarterback kind of stuff. He listened. You know, he did everything. He's no Cassius by, Marsh. By the book. Yes. Right. He's the anti Cassius Marsh. Also a bit of a spokesman yep. in the locker room. Not that that matters. Terrible spokesman. I was just going to say that. Sort of his quotes the, were not great. In the same way Interesting as, he now makes a living speaking to the media uh, yeah. for ESPN. And a new podcast venture. Oh, yeah, with our friend Mike Giardi. Yes. Have you listened? Have not. I haven't either. I'm sure somebody has. There's only been two episodes, to be fair, though, so we oh, haven't really okay. had much to they listen They probably got more listeners than we do, so. They might. Um, they pay better, too. Much better. <laughs> uh, corner, oh, Jamie Collins. Um, two different stints with the team, but yep. just, he was. Let me ask you, would Jamie, have, Jamie Collins have made it without this year? Yes. Really? Just for the first who three else, and a half? Who else did you have listed as, as guys that he was competing with? Uh, like, there really wasn't uh, much. Kyle Van Oy? No. What? No. I think there's a strong debate that if Jamie Collins isn't back this year, Kyle Van Oy gets the nod over Jamie Collins. It depends what kind of year Vinoy was having this year. If it's the same thing, maybe. I, I don't know. Just for, it depends how you, you want to go with this. Like, yeah, Collins is the athletic freak that you know is a guy that you want to have on your roster. But Van Noy's gotten his most out of time with the Patriots. Sure. I think when you but put, I thought but, but during the but, Collins whoa, whoa, period, what was Collins? Collins had three good years. Yep. Basically, how many good years has Van Noy had? Three good years. I, but the difference is Kyle Van Noy's aren't to the level of Collins. Like Collins was a borderline pro bowler in those years. He earned a trip, I believe. Right. Yeah. And Van Noy hasn't. Much of his dismay. It's not for uh, a lack of trying on social media. <laughs> um, I just think it's it would have been a good debate. Debatable. But, yeah. but this year, him returning, you could argue he's every bit as key to as Van Noy. Better year, defensive right. player of the year candidate for the first six weeks-ish in there. Yeah, it dropped off a little bit. Yeah, tailed off. His number's tailed off. But um, freakish athlete. He'd be on my all-athlete team with Stephen Neal. Definitely be one of them. Um, Corner? Wow, you're in a hurry. What, do you got someplace to be? We got another podcast to record. You got someplace to be? Oh, shoot. I do got radio coming up, huh? Yes, you do. Uh, Cornerback. One of them's a slam dunk, correct? Stephon Gilmore? Yeah. Yeah. Even though not a super long run. No, but he's been the best in the game for this period. Two and a half years. I was going to say, take away that first three quarters of his Debacle. first season with the which I still don't understand what the hell happened. He wasn't ready. Zone, a lot of zone early on. Right. And he wasn't ready. Nope. He just wants to. Now, I think they mix in zone now, and it's a, it's enough it's that he's ready. Yes. Right. Um, but, early, but he's been dominant this oh, year. No question. I mean, and, it's, he, and any receiver slash tight end you put him on, he can cover. Right. And... Basically, you know, there's a couple, you know, the play last week um, where there was that communication oh, yeah, pass where off. They gave up the big but play. very few, right? Like those, those those plays used to happen all the time that that first year, right? And now it's you're just used to either he's picking it off or he's running the routes for the guy and they can't throw there, right? He's been dominant, and the way this decade has worked out. Um, they're all short stints. All the good guys are short stints. Right. Like the next guy. So you put on, you voted, you put him over the top. 
Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler. Certainly gets credit for the arguably the greatest play in the history of the Super Bowl. Right. But then came back, and for the next two years, he was your number Pro one Bowl, number corner. one corner. Um, but even he tails off the next no, year. No question. So it's really a two-year span for him. Right. Just like it's a two-plus-year span for Gilmore. One-year span for Darrell Revis. Two years for Aqib Tlaib. Yep. So you really didn't have any four- or five-year guys. Correct. The four-year guys, I personally would say, are on the next tier, like a Logan Ryan. Yeah. Good, solid, solid player. player. You know, if you added a third corner, maybe I'd, you'd sell me on, like, Logan Ryan. as right. Because he could tackle. But yep. if you're looking for, a like, basically having two number one corners, I don't think Logan Ryan is in that nope. mix. You have Gilmore, and for a time, Butler was right. in that mix. Now, Butler never played as well as Gilmore, ever. Not even close. No. Like, he would have good games where they'd be sort of saying, he, he did a nice job against whoever Odell Beckham. Right. How come he finished with 100 yards receiving and had a long catch? Like, right. This has been far more dominant yep. for Gilmore, even though I really liked Butler. I'm not sure why he didn't play in that game. It's weird. We we'll, answer ne- that we'll never know. No? No. No? You don't have anything? Say that for a later podcast. Okay, later podcast. So you didn't feel strongly about any of the others, correct? No. Revis. I mean, great players, but just the longevity wasn't and there. And even Revis, they didn't hit their stride until, like, mid-season after Browner came I was off just suspension. Saying, like, the so Browner it was almost factor, like they kind of needed three quarters they, of a year. Right. But they were good. They I were. still remember that Super Bowl where Russell Wilson was just bouncing around and couldn't find anybody to throw to early in that game. That was, it was like favorite. the second quarter, right before he had a, a completion. Yep. yep. Yeah, that was impressive. That was my favorite Super Bowl. Ah, uh, it's the best one. Some people Not say the close. Atlanta was, but Pe- some people are stupid. I know that game was good. The Seattle game was good from start, start to, to finish. finish. An incredible, and you yep. had no drama. offense, then offense, right. and uh, like a drama comeback. Yes, yeah. great. Who on thinks both the sides. one's better? Multiple people say that. Who? I don't know. Give na- me names. I don't know names off the top of my head, but these we've had, there have been this debate in a lot of podcasts this time of year, and a, a lot of people have said the Falcons game. No. I know. People I'm, I'm are stupid. You. I people agree. Are stupid. Safety. Not <laughs> not that difficult either. Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung. Yes. Devin McCourty, basically the whole decade. The whole decade, yep. As a Pro Bowl Pro Bowl caliber Pro Bowl caliber coverage guy. Yep. Um, and Patrick Chung. What's your problem? Yeah, I mean, he just got up. And <laughs> I want to hear if you're like, I get a laptop for Christmas that I think the fan makes noise, and I'm not sure it's supposed to. Oh, it was, oh. we'll save that for off, off air. There. Yeah, okay. off air. Uh, and then Patrick Chung would not have made it for no, his first w- tour of duty. No, he would not have. But his second tour of duty, he's been very good. I mean, Belichick put him in the top, not this year, but the last couple of years, put him in the top players in the entire league category. Yeah, it was a little... Strong? Yeah, a little much. It's almost like that one time a while back where he said, Kevin Falk is one of the best running backs (laughs) in the AFC East or something. He realized he was saying more than he really wanted to. But Patrick Chung, upon his return, and I think it's fading a little bit now. He's getting old and the wear and tear is taking its toll. Hang him up. Um, But he's been phenomenal. No question. Physical, in the box. Tough. Remarkably healthy. Toughest guys. You know, sort of in that Trainers category. have to go out and check on him. He right. misses a play, and then he's right, right back, back in there. Um, just uh, Now, we've talked about media before. It does not like media. does uh, not talk not to media. can be a little antagonistic on social media yep. with fans and media. Yep. Um, but, yeah, if you just want to line up two guys in their perfect pairing, yep. if this were a real defense, right. you got a former cornerback, free safety guy, yep. and you got your playmaker up in the box who can... isn't big enough to do it but does it. Right. Really good. And then, I mean, the third, I guess, would be Harmon. He's had the nice longevity here. Yeah. But just uh, not to the level of those two. 
No, and he doesn't really start. I mean, no. he's a backup but he's on a our great, all-decade he's a great, team. He's a great guy to have. Uh, yes, and if you want to talk to somebody, I think he's one of the best. We, oh, we could just maybe, boobs maybe, maybe should we do that? How to we vote for do, the good guy award? We could do that in the future. The all uh, media team. How about we do the all you idiots didn't vote for him for the media good guy award? When I you should did. Have. Don't look at me. Jack wagons. Um, let's wrap this up pretty quick. Specialists we had n- not that hard. Ryan Allen. Nick Folk. What? <laughs> Ryan Allen. Yes. Uh, and then Stephen Guskowski. Was there any other? Did I see another all-decade team out there that didn't put Ryan Allen on it? Really? I believe so. Who'd they have? I don't know. But I saw people what? responding to their tweet of their all-decade team with, you know, Ryan Allen was good, you know, or whatever. How could you not have him on there? I don't know. I, I probably should have read it first. That would have been good. But, but Ryan Allen is our punter. I mean, yes. he wasn't perfect. He wasn't great. But for their situational needs, and remember, for the bulk of the decade, they were a really good offense. So right. he was always punting... Theoretically, plus 50 midfield, didn't need the strong leg. And also give him credit for when they weren't moving the ball in the biggest game, he the Super Bowl, a great kick. he was phenomenal, yep. right? Longest kick in two-roll history now, at that point. A lot of people think he could have been an MVP. I think that's stupid because he's still the punter, and I don't really care for punters being MVPs. Right. Um, but, yeah, he is our all-decade punter. And our kicker, Stephen Gostowski, do we really even need to talk about it? Nope. And then we just— Oh, Stephen, well, let's talk about it for a second. Stephen Gostowski, who gets better— the longer he's been out, because yep. you've seen what it's like, to just like, like the rest of the league has. Correct. Kicking is at an all-time low in the drop-off And now this Patriots year. fans have realized how tough it is just to watch a game with not knowing what your kicker's going right. to do. You know, or, or not even saying, um, are we allowed to kick 44-yard right. field goals or right. anything? Should we go for it now? Right. Or? I know he missed kicks. I know Paul Perillo was a big, oh, he missed a, a kick in the final game of every season for the last four or five years. Yeah. But... Steven Gostowski is a pretty damn good kicker, sure and his is. kickoffs are pretty damn good. Sure are. Now, Bailey's filled in there, but whatever. And then we just threw Matthew Slater on as a special teamer. He needed to be on this team. Yeah, I feel like it because, you know, some people think he might be in the Hall of Fame as right. a special teamer. He's deserving being on this team. It's not like a And he's been here the whole decade. role, but right. he's, he's on this team. Contributed to all these teams, been a pro bowler. Still good. Very good. You now, as Jake Bailey said, and I have the world's best gunner on my team. And so he's the, easy. the real spokesman of the team. Always yes. the guy you go to. Always. For Mondays, Tuesdays, when they're making controversial signings yep. or off-field issues, he's, he's able he's to the, articulate He's a, the definition a, of the Patriots spokesman. He is the human embodiment of a press release. He, yes. like, does, says, the and you got to give him credit for his post-game as well. Oh, uh, yeah, he's pretty good at those. All right, that's a, probably a good way to end up this Aww. podcast. Do you want this podcast to end? Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening. This special edition will be mixed in somewhere. Uh, follow us on iTunes, Twitter. Yes. Leave us good reviews and all that. Apple Podcasts. Be, yes. It's not called iTunes anymore. It's true. Apple Podcasts. Just follow us, listen, love us. If you don't love us, leave a review. Do whatever you want. You're human. We don't care. Thanks for listening. Peace out.